Welcome everyone to the Mentium Matters podcast, where we talk about leadership, life, and the transformative power of mentoring. I'm Megan Cummings-Kruger, and today our conversation is focused on the essential role that emotional intelligence plays in leadership and mentoring. My guest is Fabio Miranda, Operations Director for Martin Brower Brazil. Fabio has enjoyed a successful career in supply chain and operations and gained rich global experience along the way in a variety of roles, including previous roles at Procter & Gamble and PepsiCo. Having lived and worked in a number of countries with a focus on integrations and acquisitions, Fabio has a preference for mentoring others who may be going through these types of transitions. He also helped build and launch the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Program and Council at Martin Brower. Fabio received his bachelor's from the University of Sao Paulo, and he and his wife reside still in Sao Paulo. In fact, it was Fabio's wife who was participating in a Mentium program that initially brought him to us. We certainly remain grateful for that. Fabio first joined the Mentium community as a mentor in 2017. Right now, he is mentoring his mentee. We are delighted to have him as a mentoring partner, and we're delighted to have him here today as a guest. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Megan. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here today, and thank you for the invitation to share some of my ideas and experiences, and thank you for sure for these five years partnership with Mentium. <laughs> Absolutely. So you have, of course, mentored throughout your career, both with Mentium, but certainly with each of your organizations. And I know that in our prior discussions, one of the topics you're really comfortable discussing is career planning, which is really a great example of an area that benefits from that emotional intelligence, in part because a, a year-long partnership is very holistic. So one common challenge that you have seen many of your mentees not initially recognize is that need to include family and significant others in their career planning thought process. I liked how you said it's not a career change, it's a life change. And that seeing that truth can evoke a lot of emotions. So could you share a little more about that? Yeah, sure, sure. Normally, when we start discussing this, when we start discussing about the career, the challenges the person will face when moving to a different country or a different city within the same country, and then new bosses and new reality for the person. And then, I don't know, after three or, or four meetings, the family comes up and then they realize, the person realizes that, okay, I need to move my family, my children, or I will leave my parents, I will leave my house, or what I, I need to do with my significant other because she or he has a job or also a career. I encourage everybody to start thinking about this in the, at the beginning of the discussion because this is a life change. Everybody will move. And for the person that is changing, for the person that is moving within the same company, it's, believe it or not, it's easier because you close your eyes and you open your eyes again, you are in the same company with people that normally the same KPIs, the same processes, the same acronyms, everything is pretty much similar. Although the job may be different, the role is different, new challenges, but the environment is similar, but everything else is different. The city, the neighborhood, and or even the country. In my case, it was the language, and everything else was different. My my son had to learn a new language, new schools, new friends, new everything. So it's very important for you to realize that you need to move everybody else, 
and they need to be comfortable. They need to be, they need to settle down. They need to understand why to go to the supermarket, the gym, the school, everything else, the cartoons and the television and everything else. So it's important to understand how this is going to work out. And then you sit down with your boss, you sit down with your new boss and say, okay, that's what I need. I need some time. I need some time to set my family down. I need some time back and forth to do this. I need some time to, to, to understand what's going to happen. And I had some, in my opportunity here uh, with my mentees here at Mentium to discuss the first one was moving from a different, from a city, within cities in the same country. Another one was moving from a different, from different countries. So these were particular more stressful. So these discussions are very different, right? So you need to understand what's involved here. Sometimes it is, a, it's something that you desire, your desire, but not really your family desire. So how to accommodate that? I was telling you the story that the person was living in a very small city. They, they moved it to a big city and they, I was watching the, the television, the, the, the news, and I realized that, that all that episode on George Floyd was around the corner with, with them. So I, I immediately called her and said, okay, are you okay? Is your family okay? Because you were in a very small city, everything was calm, and now you are, I don't know, three or two blocks away from the episode of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So are you okay? And said, yes, yes, we're fine. Thank you for calling me because it was very, I don't know, very stressful, but we are fine. Okay, because they were not used to that kind of movement, that kind of big city event. So it's important for you to understand how we're going to react to that. And you don't know that until you are there, right? So this impacts your emotional and how you react to that. Absolutely. I really appreciate you're talking about how important it is to face it early on. And, but also I think one of the end results of dealing with a global pandemic is we're all recognizing the truth of the fact that it is very holistic, our work and our life, and they come together. Yeah. So another area of focus that you have found has come up frequently is that need for self-awareness to step back see clearly what your mentee may be doing, how they're being perceived when they're doing that, be able to broaden their view beyond the KPIs and the results so that they recognize the need to be present, make those connections, those relationships. So again, in our post-pandemic world where so many of us are working virtually and trying to create those connections and demonstrate what we're capable of, now there's that added complexity. So what has been your experience around this? Yes, my experience is very interesting because particularly on supply chain, we are very process-oriented people. We are very KPIs-oriented people on supply chain, on logistics and everything else. So we are not very good on saying what we are doing or demonstrating or marketing ourselves. So it's uh, now that I, I'm, I don't know, 25 years in this career, I learned that and then I, if I had learned this, I don't know, 15 years ago, it would be better. But now that I know... It's even more important to have the connections and to have the network and to show people what we are doing and how we are dealing with all the, the challenges. Because sometimes the KPIs itself, them, just themselves are not telling the whole story. And what we are delivering and telling the, the I don't know, the challenges or the, the difficulties or the complexities are not enough. You need to tell the story, the complete story. You need to do a very good storytelling. And you need to understand what you are doing, where you are, why are you doing that? So I have 
the, the current mentee and the previous one, they were not dealing with difficulties on, I don't know, uh, delivering the results, but they were dealing with difficulties on showing the results. I was having this meeting last week and the guy was saying, no, but I told them that this was going to be a problem. I said, okay, but how did you tell them? To whom did you tell them? You are telling the guy that had the idea that his idea was he's not going to accept that. So you need to know how to do it, how to make the connections, who is going to tell his idea is wrong. So this is very important, the connections, the network. We tend to believe that we only need networks outside the company when you need to know, do some head hunting or you're looking for a new job, but the, the network inside the company, the network for your career to grow inside your company and the corporation are, is very important. So where you are, who you need, who are your uh, ally, uh, the alliances that you need, you know, so you, that you are for you to grow. So up to, for now, I am up to now, I have very good friends that I built during my career. So I have the network that I built in Procter & Gamble, my first job, I had them up to now because we are still in connection. We know where we are in different companies. We talk to each other, not for job proposals, but for connection, mm -hmm. for knowing each other, for helping each other. When I need someone to work for me, I call them and they offer people and we have all this connection. So it's very important that you know that and you know how to react. Sometimes you need to be quiet. And I'm very bad on this. So I have learned this a lot. This is the experience that you, you gather during your career, right? So when you talk about emotional intelligence, how intelligent you are to deal with your emotions, right? So when you need to be quiet, sometimes you know the answer, but people is not prepared for your answer. So just stay quiet, wait for the discussion to flow, and then you come back with your answer. So it's important to understand the right moment, the right aspect of the discussion. So it's important to, to know you better than the other people. Absolutely. And mentoring is so much that ability to see through someone yeah. else's eyes. And I'm wondering, authentic self-promotion right now is a really key area, as you yes. say. It's not just getting the results, but telling yes. the story of the results and to the, the right. And so for you, you have any examples of what you found helpful when you're helping a mentee understand the value of the networking connections or the value of how to be able to tell their story? Yes. The example that I have, for, I use one example of myself, and then I use the example of himself, the guy that was, that was mentoring, the previous one. But for myself, I was trying to move around in different positions within my, the, the company in Procter & Gamble. And as I had this connection with other areas, I had this discussion with my boss and he was looking for a position for me in a different area. And I, we, I was able to switch positions from, with another guy because of these connections. So I was in a, in a demand planning position. I was aiming for a supply planning position. But I knew the guy and I knew the boss in the other position. So we had this connection because I had done some work for them and we were able to switch positions. So this was very nice. Another example of connection. Uh, when I moved it from Procter & Gamble to PepsiCo, I moved it from Procter & Gamble, I was living in Panama and I moved it to PepsiCo in Brazil. The CEO of PepsiCo in Brazil was brother of a person that I knew in Panama, Procter & Gamble. And I knew this guy in Panama, Procter because I helped him when he was moving to Panama. He was new to Panama. He was Argentinian and he was new to Panama. And I helped him 
with housing, with something like that. And so we turned out to be friends. When I got to PepsiCo, I said, ah, you are a brother from of, uh, someone else in Procter. He said, yes, ah, I know your brother. And then the connection was done. So this is something simple. I didn't do that because I was thinking about what I was gaining, what that, but it happened. And I, I did the same with my mentee, the, the previous one, when I told him he was going to present himself to a new boss. And I said, tell her your story. Don't tell her what you want in the first meeting, but tell her your story, where you came from, who you know, who, what you have done, all the change that you made in the structure. And then at the end, tell what you want. At the end, he got what he wanted. He moved from Argentina to Spain and everything went the way that he went because the person understood his story and said, okay, you are building your career. You're, just, you're not just asking me uh, movement. So these are very good examples. Yeah, absolutely. And have you found it useful for your mentees to look for feedback as far as how they are being perceived? Because so often we're not really fully aware of how we are being perceived. What, is, what have you found helpful to mentees with that? Yes, yes. I offer, often ask them to do this. The, the, not the previous one, but the one before. She was very concerned about that because she was working in a very small office in the pandemic. So she was working from home and she was not aware of what's going on with uh, her performance because the boss was in a different office in a different city. She was very concerned about that and said, okay, so call your boss and ask for feedback, but not only to your boss, but your peers, HR. Should I do that? I said, yes, you can do that. You don't need to wait for the checkpoint in the middle of the year. You don't need to wait. You can call and you can ask for that. And she was surprised. She was surprised with the results, the perception, and she changed some aspects of her performance. And at the end of the year, she got promoted. So this is something that is, is very important. And I talked a lot with, to, to, with, with people. I like to talk to people. So this is something that one of my habits, I talk to people I have today under my responsibility, almost 800 people. You know, you have, I have my six direct reports and then all the structure. And I walk, I like a lot to walk around and talk to people. I just got back from Rio de Janeiro. I live in Sao Paulo. I just got back from Rio de Janeiro. I spent three days there talking to people, drivers and everybody. And I like, this is one of my habits that I like most, talk, interact with them, to hear from them what they are doing, the difficulties and the, what they do best. So they like to show me their cars, talk to me about the dogs and everything else. And then it's good because I learn a lot and they know me. They learn from me. I, they, I have a lot of phrases that I like to say. So like, for instance, on safety, I say nothing justifies an unsafe act. So they got this. So they like to repeat my phrases and things like that. And this is how they learn and how I learn from them. So this is something that I do a lot. Yeah. And I encourage my mentees to do the same. Talk and listen, be fast to listen. Yes, exactly. Which with the pace of life, sometimes that really, that intentional effort gets lost. Yeah. Uh, another aspect of your emotional intelligence really comes from your cross-cultural knowledge. Mm. You're, of course, from Brazil. That's where you are today. You lived, you mentioned already, you had lived in Panama for a while. 
Yeah. Um, had many, many cultures on your teams. I think at one point, maybe it was your team in Panama, but you said you had members from Colombia, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Venezuela, Chile. So what I appreciated was the example that you shared with me about how important it to set the example that every team member is going to teach each other about their culture and correct or teach in the moment. And that you found that practice really helped create a very connected culture on your team. Could you say a little more about that? Yes, for sure. So I was the only one non-Spanish speaker, right? In the group. So I was the only Brazilian one in the group. I was the boss, but I was the only one Brazilian, the Portuguese Brazilian speaker. I had learned a little bit of Spanish before going to Panama. So I asked them, I say, okay, I'll try my best to speak Spanish. I'll try my best to understand Spanish, but please correct me. If I say something wrong, stop me and correct me because I, I want to learn, okay? And I know that there are a lot of differences be, uh, among the different Spanish accents and different, different words. So what they say for the word for pool, I don't know, the, the, the swimming pool in Argentina is different from Venezuela and a lot of words are different. From, so let's teach each other, let's learn from each other, the, the expressions. And then, so let's do it real time. So we don't laugh at each other. We learn from each other because it's easier for us to laugh at each other because we have a lot of small groups, the Venezuelans, the Argentinians, the Colombians. So it's easier for us to go to the coffee, the break, the coffee break and laugh at each other instead of teach. So let's do it different here. We're going to teach each other the different expressions and then we're going to make fun at us. Okay. And it was very funny because we were teaching a lot of expressions. We were teaching the different accents, the different ways of speaking. They were teaching me. I was teaching them Portuguese because they want to learn Portuguese as well. And it, and it created a bond. So the team was very connected and then helped us to solve a lot of things, helped us to be committed to each other. It was very good. So we didn't have this type of people talking to each other on the side. We, we were candid to each other. This broke, broke a lot of barriers because we were not trying to understand. We were making efforts to understand each other. Yeah. So, so it's very good, very good. So we were, we were able to move this from the language to all the aspects on the job. So it was very good. Yeah, yeah, I just love that story. The setting of the expectations and the transparency and then being able to build that trust that everyone... Yes. So then building on that, as far as cross-cultural experience and knowledge, you did, as I mentioned at the beginning, you helped build and launch the program at your current organization, Martin Brower. And of course, emotional intelligence is extremely important with this kind of work. And most especially because there's an aspect of being able to increase the emotional intelligence of others. (laughs) So what have you found effective with this kind of work? I think that the most effective thing is to hear, to hear to people, to give voice. We, we found very powerful to bring people to the table in all different dimensions of diversity and hear to them. So here in Latin America, we have, we have chose, after some research, we have chosen to work in five different dimensions of diversity. We'd like to have more than 30 or 40 di- different diverse dimensions, right? So we have chose to work on five. So I work with women at uh, different genders, sorry, uh, LGBTQ, we plus. We are different races and and also ages, right? Different ages. 
we have five different dimensions and we have different groups. And on these groups, we have people from Brazil, Puerto Rico, Costa Rica and Panama. We have their online meetings and so on. So it's amazing the power of the people that are engaged in these groups and what they bring to the group and what we are doing. And we are teaching the company on this. So we are in this process now of teaching about the dimension, teaching about everything and hearing what they had to tell us, right? So this is the most powerful thing that we have learned. We give voice to them and the ones that belong specifically to this dimension. So someone that is handicapped and is working, they are delighted because they are saying, wow, I can talk. I can speak about myself and I can ask something. I can, uh, more than just being here and having this opportunity to be here working at Martin Brower, I also can help others to come to Martin Brower and things like that. So this is the power of this work. So it's nice. It's very good. It seems like part of the power also, I would think, comes from the creativity that results from being able to see, reframe things and see from different eyes and different angles, yes. consider things you didn't consider, right? Yes. Yeah. Instead of being at the office, the ones that don't belong to the dimension. So I'm male, I'm white. I came from, so I don't know what they, they have been through. I don't know what they have passed. I don't know what they are, the challenges are. So let's bring people to the table and let's listen to them. Yeah. Let's yeah. listen to them and let's ask them what they need, what they want, what we can do. And I also always say, if we are able to touch one person's life, we are doing our job. And then we can expand. We are 1,000 people at Martin Brower in Brazil. If, we, if each of us can touch one, we are touching 2,000. Then we can expand. I've always loved that perspective. And we have an expression, changing lives one match at a time. And it's yes. very much that same thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's it. Um, just a couple more questions I'd like to end on. One of which is just the overall catch-all as far as what advice you'd like to share with leaders. What do you wish you, what do you know now that you wish you'd known then, if you will? Yeah, a leader, for, for a leader, we need to know since the beginning, since you have your first leader role, that uh, spending time with people is part of your job description. It's not written. In any of the job description that you're gonna read, it's not written that you need to take care of your people and develop your people and spend time with your people, but you need to do this. It's part of your job. So I often say to, to my people that come to me, when they ask me, boss, do you have some time? I know you are very busy, but do you have some time to talk to me? I said, yes, I do, because talking to you is part of my job. So if I'm busy with other things and I'm busy with you as well, so it's part of my job. So it's very important. When you realize that, you know that you are doing your job because this is what we need to do. So this is something, this is my best advice. Spend time working with your team. Yeah. Yeah, we always hear the expression, certainly here in the States of, oh, it's just business, but it's humans doing business, right? Human doing business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then my last question for you, it sounds like you've got a few favorite sayings, but is there a saying, a quote, a motto that comes to mind that you'd like to share with everyone? Yes, I'm reading a lot. Adam Grant, and I know I shared this with you. He's a social psychologist. He has written two books that I love, I love a lot, Origins and now think again. 
And he has a saying that is very good and very suitable for this moment. He's, oh, I'm going to read. I believe that the most meaningful way to succeed is to help other people succeed. So just to fit what we are saying here. So Adam Grant is, I, I listen to his podcast when I'm running, when I'm doing my exercise on the, on, in the morning. So he's very good. And he has a lot of these on these aspects for work and how to combine work and, and life. So I like very much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is a politician that came from Minnesota, Paul Wellstone, and he said, we all do better when we all do better. <laughs> that reminds me of yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your experiences that really illustrate so well how important it is to be a continuous learner when it comes to emotional yes. intelligence, but also it is a natural byproduct of the mentoring relationship. And I want to thank as well, all of you that are listening to this Mentium Matters podcast. We have a number of excellent guests coming up like Fabio. They're coming your way. So make sure you subscribe and you don't miss any episodes, but you can also refer to show notes on the Mentium website for additional resources. And we look forward to having you join us next time. <laughs>